0: Stick
1: off the Greetings from Cyberdelic Space. This is Lorenzo, and I'm your host here in the Psychedelic Salon. Even though it's only been about uh, eight days since my last podcast, it seems like it's been a month. I'm sorry about the delay in getting this week's program out to you, but I just returned from a trip to the east coast to visit my children and grandchildren, and to tell you the truth, it's a a little hard to get back into the swing of things, particularly uh, (laughs) when I logged in after uh, being offline for a week and found several hundred emails waiting for me, but more about that after we hear the rest of the trialogue that we began last week. As you know, I've been uh, podcasting a series of conversations that Terrence McKenna, Ralph Abraham, and Rupert Sheldrake held at the Eslin Institute in 1989 and 1990. And today's program is the second half of a tape from that series that was titled, Education in the New World Order. And we'll begin where we left off last week when Rupert opened the conversation up to a discussion of a school voucher system. So let's uh, rejoin the Mary Trialoggers and see where their discussion leads with a topic that has caused a lot of controversy here in the States in the last 10 years or so. And I'll uh, I'll pick up by playing a couple of minutes from the end of the previous podcast uh, with Ralph Abraham speaking.
2: Uh, I think that some people have suggested, actually, that the public school system be, be replaced with a voucher system. That's oh, the active uh, proposal at the moment. This is a Thatcherite
3: idea too. The mm-hmm. point is, this voucher system is part of the current political orthodoxy, so it's very easy to see mm-hmm. how it might be realized mm-hmm. in a new form.
2: Yeah, well, that's I think some a question we have to face is the. Uh, besides the envision of the final product, also some idea as to the path that goes from here, point A, to there, point B. And uh, it's hard to see how to get rid of this entrenched public school system. It would have to be, as we're talking about politics here, there would have to be a plebiscite. You know, where The, mm-hmm. the, 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 the voters uh, insist on the opportunity to uh, control the School system and that they want a voucher hmm. system, you simply privatize it,
3: and you privatize the education, you have a voucher system valid at any school a well known approved list which is constituted by a new kind of educational board, not the old one, and the approved list includes Waldorf schools, you know Montessori schools, um, it would include Catholic schools, Islamic schools i mean there would be a whole range of accredited schools, including former public schools, which would now become sort of autonomous town schools or something, they'd compete in the open market. Um, and this system would be extremely, it would be pluralistic, it would be extremely responsive to um, what people actually want and what parents and students are really interested in. And it would have the advantage of being very decentralized and self-regulating. School as a business. Yes. You've well, right now, school is a business. It's a professional career. The only thing is that it's administered by money taken from us through taxes and administered through a centralized bureaucracy for a bureaucratic organization. Now, school is a business. Both ways, we're paying for it. I mean, it's not coming free either way.
0: Yeah.
3: But the, the way that you can deal with this is the voucher system are issued by the government to each student by the Ministry of Education. When you're 18, you get a book of vouchers
2: with medical schools and attorneys and so on would continue more or less as at present. And they would have entrance requirements that there's so many B courses for biology or S courses Mm. for science or something like that. Mm.
3: But I think that the, you see, the voucher system, the workshop mode, like, you see, the other side of this is the reform of the existing professions Because if you have a group of astronomers, for example, revisioning astronomy, you know, workshop weekend led by some astronomer, plus maybe Terence or you or somebody or, or me, or well, you know, an outside person also to be part of the workshop group. Maybe lead leading some chanting, and then you go into what's their original vision in astronomy? What is it that's interesting most? What could astronomy be again today? Well, one thing it could be is re- helping to reconnect people with the heavens, designing these hinges that we were talking yeah. about, setting these things where you know where Jupiter and things mm-hmm. are, so that uh, this goes into every school, and so that children actually learn about the heavens. This would be... A, you know, then there'd be things where people who are learning astronomy go out at night, have classes at night under the stars, and learn the constellations, and have tests in how well they we know them. And so astronomy related once more to the actual heavens. Okay. That would be the new vision in astronomy, which would the direct experience, including maybe communicating with stars, and star- the subject of star that together with all the stuff on radio passing nebulae and, and, and quasars and stuff. Yes. So, and in each science, Gaia, geology, the new geology, would not only involve studying rocks and knowing about them, but studying them in the context of the sense the life of Gaia, a Gaian geology that would, you know, be in a Gaian perspective, and which would begin and end with ri- rituals that connect the geological profession to its patroness, Mother Earth.
2: Well, as the, the bond issue with the plebiscite are put on the ballot at, and passed, the students are issued their booklets of 55 vouchers, and the new uh, structure is put in place and simply begins. There still may remain a terrific lack of teachers who would wish to or be able to offer such courses. That the uh, ignorance of the meaning of the ancient sites and the significance of the stars and so on can't be overcome in a day. So, chances are in the new forum, people would continue teaching exactly what they teach today, and that the the workshop of astronomers to revision astronomy and so on would not have a, a very quick feedback or maybe any feedback into the curriculum or the actual conduct of the school so that while they envisioned a new astronomical profession that the workshops at all the workshop centers kept on teaching the old one that Some somehow there would have to be a miracle to get the whole system onto a new track. And this wouldn't happen overnight. The resacralization aspect mm. that we are mostly longing for could never happen. Might never happen.
3: Mm-hmm. Well I think we it need to would. trigger it. Well, yeah. I think that it would have to happen in this new model. You wouldn't just get a booklet of vouchers through the post. You'd go you'd you, to start your path, you'd now be entering the stage of a kind of apprenticeship or learning. There'd be an initiation ceremony, and you could be initiated in any one of a number of ways, through a Christian, Jewish, Muslim. Each religion could run, or if you didn't want to have any of the ones offered by the various religions... The new world religion would always be a possibility. There'd be a new world, there'd be a chance for free enterprise in this area. Sort Mm -hmm. of new age initiation with vague stuff about crystals and... Green, Green feminists. Yes, that kind of thing. There'd be all sorts of... But you'd have to go through one of these initiations, which would be based on initiating you on the path you're going on, and calling in blessings on your journey and that kind of thing. Then you get your book of vouchers as part of this ceremony. And this happens at one of a sacred place of your choice, I mean, you're not forced to go through any one
2: tradition. So setting up that particular system of initiation <coughs> rites mm. would be uh, the key step for switching the whole system onto a new path. Yes, You'd have to sort of engineer that. That would be fairly easy,
3: though, because you'd say um, um, we, the importance of initiation for the psychology of children is of vast importance, is now universally recognised, right. and you can make a strong case like that, therefore, our educational system needs to have a more
2: initiatory quality. We are well, a we're talking state. about the 27 million young Americans who are of the age for this first initiation this coming fall, and how exactly are we going to accommodate this number of people in a new system with, uh, with the production of three to 5,000 new teachers? Well, I'm not
3: thinking... You're thinking about a model of overnight change of the entire American system. I'm thinking of a pioneering experiment in a limited area.
2: That slowly this, grows, if it deserves the, to. The,
3: the thing is, the way that things happen organically in society is you never convert a system without some prior model of it working. Mm-hmm. I and mean,
2: whenever you try and get any
3: money, any persuade anyone. You, if you can say, look, this is, I've got it going, here it is, you can come and see it. You know, it's vastly more, space and short does a lot better guide than you say, look, here are the plants, this is the botanic garden, that's oh, it. Yeah. Rather than with a bit of paper saying that yes. this project and, you know, I yes. think there something concrete.
2: Yes.
3: And so, if the, the workshop system is already up and running as a concrete alternative yes. to the present entry, that's its great advantage, it exists. Yes. It exists in a pluralistic, free-market form. Which is self sustaining so far without state subsidy.
2: Yes.
3: That people do because they want to do them. And they want to do them because they know that in the workshop they'll,
2: on balance, come out feeling better than when yes. they went in. So it's not and much growing now, but perhaps if people did have vouchers, then uh, it would suddenly start a rapid I think it
3: would be. The, I think it would be a completely new format because at present
2: no one aged 18
3: goes to a workshop. It's a, a, a system of education entirely for the middle aged. It's what
2: made Yes. No. He's onto
3: something. It's made no contact. How, how well, could one possibly of in a, in
2: about attract effort? an 18-year-old to a workshop? What would be necessary
0: is to talk about psychedelic drugs. I give him not you quite them. 18, yeah. but 20. Oh, I think to 20 if I think if I think if we did dialogues on morphic resonance
3: and chaos and, and psychedelics, or try a trialogue. I think there are a lot of. Um,
0: uh, Younger crowd.
3: Yes, if, if right now they have to pay 385 dollars. They something don't have to, they
2: don't have the money They don't people have the don't vouchers have
3: the problem with the workshop system what? because it's self-financing. It's expensive to do. What about Esalen giving
2: what do you call them? scholarships for young people? Oh, they're well, that, would be, idea.
3: that would be yes. Well, that would be all right, it, but I think it would be a kind of token a Token thing at Esalen. I think they maybe have to have some young people's workshops here. That would be it, two or three a year, where they're offered at a yeah. much reduced price. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that the people who come on them have to be recommended by somebody who's been to Aslan, something like that. So it would create the sense of the Asin community. Oh, you we have to recommend this to because
2: we're really lacking that generation now. It's okay. a serious problem. You know, the, um, the Lindisfine Fellowship, which is just one of these many invisible colleges existing around the globe, I think they're valuable. It's now proposing to dissolve itself on its 20th birthday because there is no coming generation. People are dying of old age and nobody knows a young person to introduce into the circle. So this is a, a tremendous hole in our bucket.
3: Exactly. Well, this is exactly where there's, there's a, a tremendous scope for the initiatory model. You see, the Eslin coming to Esalen is a kind of initiation for yes. most people. Mm-hmm. Whenever you come here for the first time, it has an initiatory quality, and there's, most people are the initiates who have an easier familiarity with things like hot tubs and getting wet the yes, that, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. So. If you create, there's one group of initiatives, the, the teenage workshops, the 18 to 20 year old workshops that happen at Esselen, which are initiations into kind of the and the kind of things that happen here, and you talking about here and, and so on, which, um, to get there, you have to be recommended by someone who's been here, and therefore there's a much greater sense of initiation into this world. The fact is, a lot of teen- teenagers may not know that this world exists, or if they do, have a totally distorted view, but it is an independent, autonomous, adult world. And that's exactly what people want to be initiated into. So the sense of a kind of somewhat more mysterious realm of possibility that you didn't know about. Um, this is a real thing. There is
0: a whole world that most people don't know about. I think that's <laughs> a great idea.
2: We should end this trilogue and run out immediately and grab Steve and Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> tell them on the Esalen Youth Program. But you see, things like
3: in schools, like the initiatory things you could do here, like I did on my Rebirth of Nature this weekend, one of the things uh, everyone did was the tree ceremony, you know, where you go out to the tree and you ask a tree four questions on the north, south, east, west side, the tree oracle. Yeah. Well, Joel does this in her workshops and I found that within three hours of talking about, in this kind of context, you know, the reasons for thinking the old worldview is inadequate, the problems of the mechanistic worldview, its temporary nature in relation to resurgent animism, the rising tide of new attitudes, etc., the temporary nature of the mechanistic predominance itself, then, you know, people, are, everybody is happy to go and hold the tree and ask it questions and sit down by it. This tree oracle is very effective, it really works. Now that can be done and is being done with kids because the Ohi Foundation has now started workshops for school teachers to teach them about the kinds of things you can do, you know, chants, fire cycles, you know, vision quests, uh-huh. tree ceremonies. Retreating and they're now, they're, now, they're now doing this with various schools, and including bringing them onto the land and doing ceremonies with them there. From whole, there's 15 schools now <laughs> So they've actually already got something going along these lines. And so you see this initiatory quality, so that if you're doing botany, then you learn to about tree oracles part of it. You know, you have at the beginning of your course a, a tree oracle quest at the beginning of each term, and you have vision quests of various kinds
2: built through the system.
3: So I think that the esalen and places which could be centres for these quests, these initiatory journeys, uh, could fulfil an immediately and I think the age range they should do doing the initiation is not the key one from 12 to 13. I think that's best done through modified summer camps, specially designed. But, but this could be the initiation into adulthood at 18 or 21.
2: Mm-hmm. So these uh, 55 workshops, they would begin at the, with adulthood. Is that your idea? Mm-hmm. That the entire elementary and junior, and what we call high school, that all that would remain? Remain as it is.
3: Well, I think that the model—the model of having trying it out with the initiation at 18 into adulthood. All applicants must be 18 or over. Um, you know, this, this, um, uh, this would have uh, be a pioneering thing that we could talk to Steve about. It could happen in six months' time, right here. Yeah. yeah. Now, the other thing that we're talking about is to change the initiation through summer camps, since none of us are in elementary or primary or middle school education. No, but if you are in that, it's quite easy to do. The, the people who we were studying, yeah. Master Andreas, their sons at a very open school. And I said, you know, why not get... He, they, he did the tree ceremony here, he really liked it. You know, why not? She used to teach that. Why not do it at their own school? They do a vision request of these, tree know, no.
2: tree ceremony. It can, it, they'll do it. So um, the 55 vouchers and the workshops, how long are they on these weekend workshops? We call a workshop, or
0: we
2: call mini courses. Or well, I mean, this, this, these are all details that one would work
3: out. But obviously, there'd need to be a whole new breed of workshop-type leaders. So yeah. another thing is that Esselin, Hollyhock, Omega, and so on take on a new role. As you'd have workshops for workshop leaders, where you'd actually train people how to do workshops. You'd initiate them yeah. into being workshop leaders, and where better to initiate them in in, than in a workshop here? Um, so, you'd have these... and then, instead of these uh, so many thousand people come to Eston, if a few hundred of those that came to Eston every year were initiated being workshop leaders, and they were each doing workshops, this system could very rapidly uh, propagate. Yes, yeah, very rapidly. In a self-initiating, self-propagating mode, and there would there'd have to be some attention given to the initiatory structure of each type of workshop to start with a dedication or an acknowledgement of the spirit of the place and the powers which under, under, in the light of which the workshop is being done if it's being done in the light of a spirit or of reason or of emotion or of in holism or integration or whatever I mean, whatever what's the guiding principle? an initial ceremony and a closing ceremony and some kind of uh, opening dedication charm chant or... I mean, this is a pattern of most workshops anyway and so, initiating people into a workshop reading would very easily, very naturally, be modified, I think. And I don't think even one would have to write the program for it. I think that people have worked it out themselves in the workshop format.
2: Somehow standards would be maintained for workshops, at least at the most famous workshop centers. Um, yes. There would and be there would monitoring. Be a kind of it wouldn't be only the popularity of a certain workshop which guaranteed its continued existence. It would have to, for example, we we wouldn't want to continue some workshop that only taught that the body is the body.
0: Well, uh, presumably the feedback, the automatic free-market feedback mechanisms
2: would regulate this because if somebody... No, because corruption is a known mechanism for the downward spiral of society. And that <laughs> worse and worse workshops <laughs> become more and more popular because they give the valuation, the value of the accreditation, the coupon, the initiation, without your actually doing anything other than sitting in the hot bath and repeating three times the event of the event, or the body of the body.
0: Well, what you're implying is what you sought to avoid, which is that there has to be a yes. second entity which tests the
2: workshop graduate to see what I want to avoid that. Well, it could be intrinsic and in that industries would not employ somebody just from having graduated, that is to say spent 55 vouchers. They would insist on the courses from some of their favorite teachers or institutions, as obviously a bachelor's degree from Stanford is worth more than a bachelor's degree from great Western. Well a
0: corporation could post a list of
2: courses
0: that would enhance your likelihood of being hired by them. And then you could choose for yourself whether or not to include those in your uh, as you
2: formed your curriculum. So this is the self organizational model.
0: Highly self organizational I
2: think it's quite good. I think it sounds doable also very fairy quality of most of these well, we'd have to persuade, I mean, industries would have to suddenly start opening their doors to graduates of a new system. And this, of course, was a great inhibition for students choosing UC Santa Cruz, uh, although they did, uh, because it was considered a, a great experiment in its early days, twenty years ago.
0: Well, you would have to go to people like Lawrence Rockefeller and Andrew Mellon and people like that to get a group of corporations to commit to uh, accepting and hiring on the alternative. Yes,
2: through the great railroad magnates of today who have not yet endowed a university. Well, you could go to Apple Computer and Mm talk to them,
0: or you could go to, you know, some of these hip haberdasher, and so forth. Well, listen, these are big corporations.
3: Well, you could start it, actually, with just a system A voluntary system right now, you could offer these scholarships where you have to be recommended by an alumnus of one of the existing, you know, Omega, Esalen or something. Um, And you get these scholarships for, say, five workshop vouchers, valid over a six month period or something. And with a beginning ceremony and an ending ceremony for the whole thing, as this kind of initiation into adults. This could be started right away. And, you know, they could do them in their vacations, or in their summer vacation. You know, it could fit in even with a standard student life pattern. Um, But there would be then this category of people who had a different kind of initiation, and each of them, when they went back to their college or university, people would be curious about what they'd done. And whatever it is they'd done, whatever they said they did, would be quite intriguing to a lot of
2: people. So the New World System would actually begin with its educational program And the New World System Educational Program would have to have a pilot project, which I guess would be the New Village, the New Village School (laughs) System. The Hawaiian (laughs) Islands. And then, uh, so we would have to seek a way to actually begin this pilot project with, I guess it would take one leader, one workshop leader, one uh, ritualist who would make the arrangements for this first initiation. The class of 92, I Mm. guess. And then there would be a few people coming of age, maybe children of people we know or something, who uh, would enthusiastically volunteer to be the first, you know, entrance of the class of 92. Mm. And uh, and then if successful (laughs) in design, this attractor would then grow. Where we have to begin, probably it would be here at Esalen, because we're here hmm. dreaming this up for some reason. Yes,
3: I think it would be called the, the, the what would it be called? The personal, the, the growth. No, no, it's something like. Um, there'd have to be some the kind of certificate you get from this, this five workshop course and beginning and end thing through places like Esalen. Um, initiative uh, education. Initiative education. or um, Initiative Educational... Initiative Initiative. Uh, initiate. <laughs> <laughs> You've been Initiative Initiate, and um, an I-I, for short. <laughs> and um, <laughs> this, when you're applying for a job with the New York Times, or, you know, Bank, or something like that, you can have your uh, degrees, and you'd say, I'm also Initiative Initiate. Hmm. And uh, they get to know that people have done this kind of thing, if indeed it did do them any good were much cooler, much better, much more together, uh, much more aware of group dynamics, you know. Sort of
0: like Kelly girls.
3: And so this would then become something that would be highly attractive to a lot of employers. It would be detractive to others of the more conventional kind, but the kind of people who've been through this course wouldn't want those jobs anyway.
0: Maybe yes, possibly all the <laughs> corporate people who pass through a place like Esalen would feel a subtle pressure to uh, convert their hiring practices to recognize And to send their children. And to send to their, their, their
2: children, children to and share. And hire these
0: kinds you know, of people
3: yes. into their
2: organization.
3: And there would be the feeling of a kind of, a real kind of group, or because there is this initiatory quality, a feeling far actually more effective than the usual bonds from Uh, college alumnus uh, graduation festivals. I mean, it's much more true.
2: Some colleges could be persuaded to offer uh, transfer credit for a set of five workshops in this program. Yes. So five workshops would count as one course. It adds up about right. And it would be like an extension course or transfer of credit from a course taken in another university. That's right. And that would mean that students from the
3: more attractive from the more liberal minded experimental liberal arts colleges and that kind of thing could give
2: students these vouchers and they yes, they could of the freedom In the course US of five American. weeks of the summer, yes. They could take workshops in five different uh, workshop centers or just Holly, one Hawk, Esalen. and get a college credit for it.
0: Yes. I think you should be made Minister
2: of Education. <laughs> 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 of the New World Order. <laughs> the new world. NWO. Yes, well, it's a devious way of achieving the resacralization of the world, assuming always, of course, that corruption doesn't somehow annihilate the system as soon as it started. Uh, but I think centering it in um, a place like this, which has inertia, a track record, a good habit, as it were, would uh, give a good chance for success.
3: I think so. I think a lot of... I mean, if I had the chance of spending a weekend hanging around with my pimply teenage friends at home, or coming to wrestling and doing something that was a threshold of an entirely yes. new... world Meeting some entering
2: pimply teenagers in. from far away. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> 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 so I went to
2: a summer camp when I was... Uh, of both sexes. Yeah. From age uh, 9 to 13 or something, I went to a summer camp for musical prodigies. And no one went there unless they were interested in music. And anybody who was really interested in music went to this particular camp. It was a great escape from a small town in Vermont because when I went there. There were a lot of kids from Philadelphia and New York and Miami and so on. And they were very exciting. And mostly we played music together. But um, such things, specialized camps to learn ballet, you know, sports and so on, they exist. And some of them have track record. They have terrific reputation compared to other ones for the quality of the faculty, also the quality of the students, and uh, such a uh, summer, particularly the summer youth program at Esalen would give it a huge additional scope, and training workshop leaders would give them a bigger choice of workshop leaders in the future, so then they would be creating expansion of their own system, as they don't do now. They have to hmm. depend on serendipity to find new workshop leaders.
3: And as the popularity of workshop-type education grew in schools, as people in 16, 17, 18 got into an age group where some of their friends had been on workshops and had come back, obviously changed in some way, and talking about this thing, a kind of secret to which they were not yet privy, the only way they could have this experience of scale among these workshops and be part of the mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. group. They'd really want to do it, and a huge new market would open up uh, in, in the sort of high school age Yes,
0: group. We have to get this tape to- these media <laughs> with our bill. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Well, they may not want to um, expand Essendon, but if Essendon wanted to expand as a business and, and take on a whole well, well, national dimension... they're interested
0: in all these tr- strategies, and because it's a revolutionary educational concept, it's not simply a strategy for expanding revenue, mm. it's actually a seminal kind of thing. With it. If it took hold and it seems very sound... Uh, because the old method is breaking down. I mean, There is either some substitute off in the future, or we're just looking at a generation in anarchy, hmm. largely, in American education.
3: Well, this does seem immediately feasible. This really could swing into action next year, next mm-hmm. summer.
2: And it could attract capital, you know, endowments from people who, who, who see the value of extending uh, our successful adult educational system downward. And nobody seems to have thought of this. Uh, there aren't any summer camps along these lines. There are traditional summer camps which are excellent for, for everything, for tennis, mm. for organists, and so on. But not for the New World Order. But that most of what
3: goes on here could be extended, done. There's only shamanic rattling, chants before sessions, mm-hmm. and groups. Uh, vision Quest romantic yeah. type. Oh, all this stuff yeah. is instantly adaptable. Yeah. In fact, it's p- you know, chanting, yeah.
2: Yeah. so the Ohi Foundation has apparently had a similar fantasy, as they declared two or three years ago that they were going into general education.
3: I think that this is something that they're doing, and yeah. I heard about this um, when we were at Hollyhock, but I didn't—I've never seen it in action. Somebody talked about it. John Bloomfield talked about no, it.
0: About a voucher system? No, no about OHI training, training school teachers. teachers.
3: Oh. Who then, And then the teachers can bring yeah. some of the groups to the land, and they do vision quests, they do tree okay. ceremonies, they do medicine wheel circles, sweat lodges, all this kind of thing. And um, I suppose there are private schools that are participating, but yeah. the kids love it. It's yeah, an incredibly right. successful yeah. program.
2: Formerly they had to go to Berlin to be able to do this. <laughs> but now they can do this right here in the Native American heartland
3: so i think that there's uh, plenty of scope for starting straight away
2: and yes and for competing in uh, systems and different versions varieties different flavors of the idea could be instituted in different locations because yes. there's an infinite market essentially as soon as for it, real as, soon
3: as, it, as soon as it, and right now people under 25 are totally insulated from the when I give talks in, in Germany, in England, here in America, in the kinds of places I'm usually invited to give them or conferences, the age ranges from 35 to 50, exactly. When I'm invited to give talks in universities, which in many ways I prefer, not because I like the structure, you know, there's the kind of hierarchical structure of the professor, the lecture theatre, the, and, and all that kind of thing. But the face is full of bright, eager eyes, yes. 18, 17, 19, right, no, 20. It's, very nice. it's a totally different experience. And when I gave my lecture at the University of Bern, you, on my German Swiss tour, the only university one I did on, on the trip, it was much the best. It was, there were 250 people in the Botany Institute. I was introduced by the man who invited me. who's was a visionary, holistic botanist who really likes the idea of morphic resonance in understanding the evolution of plant form. Uh, are quite quite enthusiastic, quite enthusiastic. But all the professors from different faculties, students, and so on, the whole thing in English, no translation. Hmm. Um, and the atmosphere was absolutely electric. I mean these kids had never heard these kids, this yeah. kind of view. I mean, they, it was totally new. they're normally insulated completely
0: mm-hmm.
3: from ideas we take for granted. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were extremely interested, very excited. Yeah. everyone was excited, positive, enthusiastic.
2: It was a, a really wonderful event. Well, my courses in History of Mathematics in Santa Cruz have a a very enthusiastic audience. And, uh, you know, my feeling is that this is sort of the radical fringe Mm. of the student population in Santa Cruz. So there's 10,000 students, I get 50, 60, or 70 of them once a year. But uh, Mm. these people are very responsive, and they love the Hermetic arts, magic, astrology, alchemy, and so on. They're seriously excited, they're really turned on. and they do great uh, research and study, Mm. and they they know a lot already because they've been studying in the closet, and this is their first opportunity to come out and see that other people are also interested in this and connect up and Mm. have fun and be able to to do it together.
3: So what we do is introduce this parallel system which operates alongside the existing system, but it becomes so powerful and attractor as it impacts on schools as 6, 17, 18-year-olds go to the Esalen and other summer programs and they go back and tell their friends, yeah. you know, school is nothing like this, you know, yeah, and... It's really fun. Well, so I think this is our, really our best and most revolutionary idea. Everyone wants idea. to do it. I think it's a good idea. And it's it'll spread enormously fast, I think, if it becomes something that can slightly can older people do...
2: That see, somehow the possibility of the CIA instituting some um, negative publicity action on us, such as... Um, older teacher, younger student, taking drugs, um, commuting with Tree, or some, some kind of thing, <laughs> such as they're very paranoid about this kind of negative publicity here, ruining them. For this reason, they may not want uh, anybody age 16 or less hanging around because of the danger of scandal.
0: Make it 18 to 23. For a start. I think make
3: it think 18
2: to 23 for
3: a start, and then the, the, the parallel for the sort of 11 to 13, this kind of puberty initiation, the parallel, which is often associated with transferring to a different grade of school, yeah. or being in a middle school or whatever, yeah. that 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 whole thing is ceremonialized, in, or at least puberty rites through vision camps. But the people who best handle that are the people who run kids' summers camps, with yes. many of which do have a, another dimension and get back to
2: nature, that kind yes, of thing. Yes, and they have their watchdog mechanisms in place.
3: And they have campfires and so on. I mean. Better to this people from that world come to a workshop at Eslin where there's an exploration of new revisioning education. Yeah. And the two are discussed together and they go back and work out models that work there. Meanwhile, this new mm. one works out here. We c- I mean we can handle the the people at Eslin can handle in general. This age
2: group, I think. Yes. Mm-hmm. Eighteen to 20.
0: Yeah,
2: Yes. We'll start by the revision of higher education as they call it, eighteen to twenty three. That's the university age. Mm bracket.
3: And this would compre- create such a powerful competing attractor, because the more people yes. know that it's more fun than that system, Which and the, the more the possibility to, of doing it through or within yeah. the traditional system, by vouchers or going out and getting credits, the more and more people will want to do it.
2: Yes.
3: And I think that it would then, the traditional system's faults would become more and more apparent, because more and more people within it would have seen, had another take on what education could be like. Yeah. And I think that morale would rapidly crumble and be faced with it, since they'd already got it, by reform they could introduce more of yes. this kind of thing. Teachers
2: mm-hmm. would be rushing to take courses in the new yes, methods. Yes,
3: through the new methods.
2: So that they could compete successfully with their neighbouring teachers for students. Who wants to have an empty home room?
0: <laughs> That's right. No, this is free market economics, working in yet another area.
3: Yes right now education is one of the areas that's been insulated from pre-market economics by being a state monopoly run by a bureaucratic institution and operated by an old-style hierarchical priesthood yeah. with higher universities at the top and higher degrees and at the top and all teachers in regular schools are in awe of all these people with higher degrees because they're lower officially you know they're like deacons you know and there are bishops out there and archbishops and cardinals and so on So it would dismantle, or it's one of the last bastions of the old hierarchical order.
1: Now, I I may be living in dreamland, but uh, I think the ideas they talked about at the beginning of today's trialogue about setting up a network of workshops that young people could attend for free is a really good idea. In fact, uh, just last year, Sobey and I were trying to generate interest in a similar project where there would be a series of raves held, beginning in, uh, say, in Vancouver and gradually heading south until they reached L.A. or San Diego. and. And uh, preceding each party, there'd be a series of workshops where we'd get some of the local elders to come out and exchange ideas and lessons learned with the generations who are now beginning to take over. But we never quite got enough momentum going to get that little project off the ground. However, I still think it's a good idea in some form or other. I know there are are really a lot of psychedelic elders out there in almost every community who would be willing to participate and in fact there are already a few places where this type of uh, underground university is taking place. You know besides the uh, oracle gatherings in the Seattle area I've I've heard of events like this that uh, combine a party with some lectures or workshops that are taking place in all the way from Vancouver down to Portland and I've participated in things like uh, Cinnamon Twist learning parties in L.A. as well as the uh, underground university programs at the Blue Bongo, among
0: others.
1: (laughs) So uh, it's an idea that seems to have taken hold, and maybe now is a good time to try and expand the concept so that we can uh, reach even more people. You know, maybe we can do some of it online, you know, which would significantly reduce the costs involved and allow students and other cash-poor people like me to become more involved without having to incur the... Uh travel and other expenses that usually go along with the workshop model. Of course, uh, the suggestions for a new education system based on workshops that the trial loggers made came over 15 years ago, and, you know, not a whole lot has really happened on this front during all that time, at least in the way of free ones, and as my dear mother said shortly before she died a few years ago, everything is different, but nothing has changed, and, uh, well, maybe now is the hour to begin making some of these changes, you know. So if, if you have any ideas on how to get something like this started, please pass them along, either in an email that I can read in a podcast or on the uh, notes from the Psychedelic Salon blog, which you can uh, participate in if you want. You know, I had to laugh with uh, uh, when Rupert said that a lot of teenagers may not even know, or it might have been Ralph, I uh, can't remember which one, said a lot of them may not even know that the worldwide psychedelic community even existed, or uh, if they did know it, that they had a totally distorted view of it. And the the reason I had to laugh is that it isn't just teenagers who don't know about this huge community. As I've mentioned in past podcasts, I was uh, over 40 years old before I stumbled into the tribe, as I like to call it. Now, as hard as it is for me to believe now, I had no idea that there were millions of highly educated and very successful psychedelic people out there. And even if I had known that there were so many people around the world who used cannabis and the psychedelics on a regular basis, I'm sure that my view of what they were like would have been completely distorted. You know, here here is what you really need to know about the psychedelic community. We're everywhere. I I want to read something here that uh, Dr. German... uh, he was a, he's Professor Emeritus of the Criminal Justice School at uh, Long Beach State University. And here's what he had to say. If the ears of all the people in the nation who had ingested illicit substances in the past six months were to turn bright green for one whole week, the nation would be amazed, confused, astounded, and quickly taught something very important. As they identified friends, relatives, neighbors, doctors, lawyers, accountants, priests, nuns, ministers, rabbis, soldiers, policemen, firemen, military personnel, businessmen, teachers, students, politicians, respected policy makers, administrators, supervisors, and workers from a variety of private and government institutions everywhere. And, uh, by the way, Dr. German was the founder of the graduate school that trains uh, many of the L.A. Police Department, among others. So he knows what's going on at a street level and having met with him myself my guess is that uh, (laughs) he just might have green ears too So uh... maybe that's what we should all do next halloween you know our our only costume should be to paint our ears green i'm not sure what uh... we would tell people who asked what the point of painting our ears green was but uh... for those who knew what it meant it might be a way to make a whole new range of contacts with our community Maybe we should try it first in St. Patrick's Day, <laughs> and most people probably wouldn't think much about uh, why we're doing it. Or maybe I'd better get on with today's program and leave the realm of new ideas to you. <laughs> Actually, uh, one idea that came in a recent email from John, who... Uh, who said, uh, among other things, listening to your back catalog kept me going through a dull software contract and has really changed my views about a lot of things. And then he went on to ask if I've ever been to Amsterdam. Well, John, just as you suspected, yeah, I've, I've been there a few times. And. I guess my most memorable trip there was for the uh, 11th Annual Cannabis Cup, which I I think was way back in 1998. And uh, I know that event is still growing strong, but uh, it doesn't take place until next November. So if you're looking to get together in Amsterdam with a group of like-minded people before then... You might want to consider the uh, very first dope stock, which is going to take place, uh, I think, uh, on April 20th this year, that my friends over at the Cannabis Podcast Network are putting together. And uh, you can get the details about that on their website, which is at uh, www.dopefiend.co.uk. And uh, there are links and feeds to uh, several other podcasts there that I think you're going to find quite interesting and uh, definitely entertaining. John also said, Have you thought about accepting donations for your work? This is how the dope fiend pays for his bandwidth. Seems to work. Well, uh, yes, I have been thinking about it, but, uh, you know, I know you've got a lot of options on how to spend your time, and so I don't really want to waste it by uh, sounding like a preacher begging for money all the time. But that said, I, I do want to take a moment here to thank two of our fellow Saloners who went way out of their way and uh, searched through the Matrix Masters website to find the page where I'd kind of hidden a little PayPal donation button. So, uh, Jason and William, I, who I think actually is better known as Bill, I uh, I want you to know that I was really touched to find your donations waiting for me when I returned from my recent trip. Your uh, your generosity really means a lot to me, and particularly since you both live outside of the U.S. You know, uh, interestingly, your financial help came the same day as I received a notice from my web hosting company that the large number of downloads of these podcasts was uh, causing them to throttle back access to the site at various times during the day and that they wanted me to upgrade to my own server. Well, uh, the cost of doing that is still too high for me right now, so I've come up with another plan and Thanks to the financial help some of you have been providing, I've opened a companion site with another hosting company, and and they've promised to work with us as these uh, podcasts continue to grow in popularity. In fact, this podcast is the first one I've uploaded to this new server, and I hope that you didn't have any issues downloading it. If you did, please let me know, because uh, over the next few months, I'm going to migrate all of the old podcast files to this new server. and In the process, I'm going to do a little cleanup on the file tags so that these programs will be a little easier to find and to manage in your MP3 players. You know, as those of you who have uh, been with us for a while already know, I've gone through a number of different iterations and file naming conventions, but I think I've finally come up with a way that'll make life a little easier for you, no matter what brand of MP3 player you decide to use. So, I'll tell you more about the changes to our website in the next uh, couple of podcasts, but I think I've probably gone on long enough for today. But before I go, I also want to mention that uh, Jeffrey just wrote to let me know that he mentioned in the Psychedelic Salon in his blog on the IONS website which reminded me that I wanted to let you know that I'm also shifting the program notes to our new server and And I'm posting them on the uh, WordPress-powered blog that you can participate in if you want. And by participate, I don't mean just adding comments to my posts, but you can post items yourself. It does require that you uh, register, but that's only to keep the spammers from taking it over. So if you're interested, you can find the blog from a link on the homepage at matrixmasters.com. And uh, eventually you'll be able to click a link under each post to dig it if you want. And I've already got the code working. For you to bookmark individual posts to uh, delicious. Also, I've got a long way to go before the new site is finished, but with the help from Joseph, Robert, and a few others who have volunteered to help, I think we're eventually going to have a really interesting uh, place to meet online. Which finally brings me to the last point I wanted to make, and that is that if you want to help us build the psychedelic salon community, there are uh, things that you can do that don't require making a financial donation, which I realize isn't possible for many of you, and uh, what would be the biggest help right now would be for some of you to go back through some of the older programs, uh, the ones before program number 58, when I started posting the more detailed program notes, and to uh, compile some program notes for them that I could uh, put on the new blog. You know, I think it would be a great service to our whole community if you did that, and uh, uh, all I'm really looking for is to uh, get the time into the program and then the quote and who's saying it. And uh, it's just in the format I've been doing here lately. And uh, I think it's really is important to uh, get some of these out there because the search engines will pick them up and it'll uh, definitely help attract more people to the Psychedelic Salon. So uh, any help like that and any other ways you uh, can help to spread the word about these podcasts will be most appreciated. Well, before I go, I should mention that uh, this and all of the podcasts from the Psychedelic Salon are protected under the Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Share Alike 2.5 license. And if you have any uh, questions about that, you can click on the link at the bottom of the Psychedelic Salon webpage, which you can find at matrixmasters.com slash podcasts. If you still have questions, uh, you can send them to me at uh, lorenzo at matrixmasters.com. And thanks again to Ralph Abraham and Bruce Damer for preserving and digitizing these wonderful trilogues. And, of course, thanks again to Chetold Hayuk for letting us use your music here in the salon. And for now, this is Lorenzo signing off from Cyberdelic Space. Be well, my friends. I'm